Today we will be considering Baptist Catechism number 88. It asks, Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? And the answer that it gives is this, and I would like for you to repeat after me. Some sins in themselves, and by reason of several aggravations, are more heinous in the sight of God than others. And I would like to read from John chapter 19, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. Then Pilate heard this statement, and he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. This is now the reading of God's most holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. I wonder if you've ever heard it said that all sins are equal in God's eyes. Have you ever heard that stated? There is some truth to that statement. If by it we mean that all sins, big or small, are in fact sins and do make us guilty before God. That is certainly true. And that fact does need to be emphasized, for there are many people who think that because they have not committed a big sin, or we might say a heinous sin, then they are good with God. I think that is a very common view in our day and age, you know. Many people think themselves to be good because they have not committed a so-called big or grave or heinous sin. But that is not true. A sin, we have learned, is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. That's what we learned way back in Baptist Catechism number 17. Sin is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Of God. We must confess, therefore, that apart from Christ we all stand guilty before God because we have also confessed that we have all violated God's law in thought, word, or deed. So all are sinners by nature. All stand before God guilty. And if that is what we mean when we say that all sins are equal in God's eyes, then I agree with that statement. But I think you would agree with me that that phrase can be a little misleading. It can be taken to mean that God does not distinguish between lesser and greater sins at all. And really that does not sound right, does it? Even on the surface of it. Because we know that God is perfectly just. And when we consider the civil law that God gave to Old Covenant Israel, we see that 
punishments did fit the crimes. You know, as we look at that old covenant law that was given to Israel, we see that greater sins or greater um, crimes were to be punished with greater punishments. And so the law that God gave to old covenant Israel did distinguish between greater and lesser crimes or greater and lesser sins. Uh, Greater crimes or sins were to receive stricter punishment than lesser. And if we are to uphold justice, we are to do the same in our society. We are to distinguish between great sins and lesser sins. And this passage that I just read from in John 19 does speak to this issue. When Jesus spoke to Pilate concerning his sin, he said that the Jews who had falsely accused him and who were turning the political screws on Pilate to persuade him to crucify Jesus had the greater sin. Did you hear that at the very end of that text? So, Pilate was sinning. He was not upholding justice. It was wrong of him to do that. But Jesus made a distinction. He said, the Jews have have the greater sin in this instance, for they were the ones driving the issue. They were the ones bringing the false accusations. They were the ones putting the pressure on Pilate. It does not excuse the sin that Pilate committed. He was a judge in this situation. He should have upheld justice, and he failed to. But Jesus himself said that the Jews had the greater sin. And so this raises another question. If a distinction is to be made between lesser and greater sins, should we expect there to be differing degrees of punishment in hell? And I think the answer is yes, for God is just. The punishment will fit the sin. So also Jesus spoke in this way when He said in Luke 10, 12, It will be more bearable on that day, that is to say on the day of judgment, for Sodom than for that town. He was speaking of the towns which rejected the testimony of His apostles. It will be more bearable for Sodom than for these towns on the day of judgment. And so Jesus does here suggest that there will be degrees of punishment vetted out on the last day. So on the one hand, we must confess that all sin is sin. All lawbreakers stand before God as guilty, therefore, and need a Savior. But not all sin is the same. Some sins are, in fact, more heinous than other sins. And this is what our catechism teaches. Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? And the answer, again, some sins in themselves are more heinous in the sight of God than others. So I want to consider that phrase briefly, some sins in themselves. Uh, to give an example, in fact, it's an example that's already been given today to the children earlier in the morning worship service. Um, the sin of murder is much worse than the sin of unholy hatred. Do you agree with that? Is it a sin to hate in the heart with an unholy kind of hatred? Uh, yes, that is a sin. But I think all would agree that the sin of murder is more heinous. It's a bigger sin. Both are sins. Neither should be tolerated. But one is much worse than the other, given the destruction that it causes. So some sins in themselves are more heinous in the sight of God than others. Ezekiel 8.13 is listed as a proof text to our catechism. There we read, He said also to me, You will see still greater abominations that they commit. So the meaning is clear. What Ezekiel had been shown in this vision regarding the sins of the leaders of Israel was bad, but he was about to see even worse things. So we see that some sins in themselves are more 
heinous than others. And again, Jesus' words to Pilate have already been discussed, uh, and they prove the point that some sins in themselves are more heinous in the sight of God than others. And our catechism is also right to say that some sins in themselves, and by reason of several aggravations, are more heinous in the sight of God than others. That's a strange little phrase, isn't it? Uh, We don't talk in that way, and so it could be hard to know what is meant by the little phrase, and by reason of several aggravations. Well, I think that little phrase means or acknowledges that other factors come into play when determining the severity of a sin. Some sins are in and of themselves more heinous than others, but there are other things to consider too when asking how aggravating is this sin to God. For example, I'll ask you this. Is it more aggravating to God when a four-year-old tells a lie or when a 40-year-old tells a lie? Which is more aggravating to God? I think it is right to say that it is more aggravating to God when a 40-year-old tells a lie. Still, the four-year-old sins when they lie. But the 40-year-old ought to know better. The four-year-old is just being trained in the ways of righteousness if they're being raised in the Lord. But when a 40-year-old lies, they, they show that they are persisting in sin, that they are persisting in, in folly. And so we might say that that situation is even more aggravating to God. Here is another question. What is worse, a Christian committing adultery or a pastor? Same sin, right? Both Christians. But I think you would all agree that there's something worse about a pastor doing that. It, it, that's more aggravating to God because that man holds a position of authority within the church. And we know what the scriptures have to say about this. James, in James 3.1, warns, saying, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, you see. So there are other factors that come into play when it comes to the aggravation of certain sins in the eyes, uh, in the eyes of God. And again, the passage with Jesus and Pilate is helpful. Both Pilate and the Jews were guilty of injustice, but the sins of the Jews were greater in part because they should have known better. They were so very eager to crucify their own Messiah, and they also were the instigators in that situation. So their sins were more aggravating towards God than the sins of of Pilate. Both were guilty, but the one was worse than the other. I think that is what the phrase, by reason of several aggravations, means. It means that other factors may contribute to make a sin more aggravating in the sight of God. So what difference does this teaching make? I have three brief remarks about that. One, this teaching does help us to think and speak clearly regarding the justice of God. God does distinguish between lesser and greater sins. At the judgment, the punishment will fit the crime. The punishment will fit the sin. And we are to follow His example when executing justice here on earth today. And so it can be very confusing to a non-believer to hear us say, all sins are equal in the eyes of God. There's some truth to that, but I think that's a troubling statement, in fact. A non-believer will hear that and say, well, what kind of God do you serve then? A God that does not distinguish between Stealing a piece of candy at the store and uh, stealing someone's retirement, you know? A, a God that does not distinguish between a hatred in the heart and, and the sin of murder. What kind of God is that? Well, let us not mislead people when it, when it comes to 
the justice of God. He does distinguish between lesser and greater sins. Two, this teaching should make us eager to avoid all sin, but especially to avoid heinous sin. And we do know that lesser sins do lead to greater sins. So don't lie when you are a four-year-old, because you do not want to be a liar when you are 40, which is far worse. So all sin should be taken seriously. We should not put up with these lesser sins in our life, because we know that lesser sins do lead to greater sins. Do not lust in your heart, for we know that the sin of lust does lead to the sin of adultery. Be sober concerning the severity of all sin, but be particularly sober regarding the severity of heinous sin, for it is so very damaging. So keep your heart pure, keep your life, keep a close watch over yourself, lest you fall into sin, and especially heinous sin. Three, this teaching does enable us to correctly distinguish between those who are good and those who are evil in the world. In an absolute sense, if I were to ask you the question, is there anyone who is good? What would you say? you say, no. No one is good. No, not one. There is none righteous, right? This is what the Scriptures clearly teach. And here we are talking about the doctrine of total depravity. In an absolute sense, there is no one who is good. But in another sense, there are good people in the world, even non-believers. You say, you've just contradicted yourself. No, I, no, I have not. On the one hand, I'm speaking in an absolute sense. No one is truly and purely good. No one is righteous before God. All have violated God's law and thought, word, and deed. We've gone over this, brothers and sisters. You know this to be true. But we can speak in another way. We can make a distinction between those who are relatively good in this world and those who are really, really evil. And I think that is an important distinction for us to make as we live in this world. Don't you agree? I think it is right for us to, to, look, at, to look at a ruler, to look at a governor... And to say, he's a good governor. He's a good governor. A good man. Really does seem to care about upholding justice and doing what is right with his position of authority. You know? I think it is right for us to speak in that way. All the while knowing that he is not good in an absolute sense, but needs a Redeemer, needs a Savior, just as you and I do. And so I think it is an important distinction to make between sins that are more and less heinous. All are sinners, but God in His common grace does restrain evil in the world to keep even those who do not know Christ from committing heinous sins. Thanks be to God. We must make that distinction. All are in sin, but some are really, really sinful. And by God's grace there are, quote-unquote, good people in the world, and we should appreciate that and give thanks to God for it. Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? The answer is very important. It's so very helpful. Hear it again. Some sins in themselves and by reason of several aggravations are more heinous in the sight of God than others. Let's bow together for prayer. Father in heaven, do help us to be sober regarding sin. We thank you that through faith in Christ we are forgiven, but help us to walk carefully in this world. Help us to be on guard against committing any kind of sin, big or small. And do especially keep us from heinous sin, O Lord. Help us to walk in a way that is pure before you, O God, for your glory and our good. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.